Let me bring you up to date on where we are if this is your first time with us. We're currently in a series called Love Like Jesus. And what we did was we figured that the month of, uh, this month that we concentrate so much on Valentine's Day, you know, we thought, well, hey, um, let's take a, a month to kind of explore this topic of love and more specifically to explore the Great Commandment. You know the Great Commandment where Jesus says that the most important one of all is to love God and to love others. And, and what we've been talking through is how much this big idea of love, how everything else Jesus taught and what he actually said and what Scripture teaches us is that everything else in life kind of hinges on this big topic of love. So it's very important. And it's one of the reasons I say every Sunday that when you come to the Ridge, we want you to experience, when we talk about experience in Ridge, we want you to experience the love of God and the love of a wonderful church family because we believe love's a big deal. And we believe love changes things. So anyway, we're in this series on love like Jesus. First week, we talked about how to define it, what is love. And then we talked last week why it's so important. Like, why is it such a big deal that I love other people? Can't I just love God? Like, why does he make me love everyone else as well? Because people are messy and it's difficult to love other people. And we said... The reason it's important, because love is forever, love forgives, love validates who we are, it proves that we're part of God's family. So if you missed either one of those talks, you can go check up and catch up online. Now, that leads us to today. And today, y'all, I want to I explore a topic that's very related, that every one of us can just kind of relate to, that we'll be able to all grab something from, okay? So we're going to talk about how to love Jesus through our words. Okay, so let me ask you this question. Let's start here. Do your words, think about everything you said today already, okay? Think about yesterday. Think about the day before that. How often, like, do your words really convey the love of Jesus? I mean, think about that for a minute, okay? Because love is the key. Communication is the key, really, right? In, in any relationship, like if you go to a counselor in any relationship, they're going to tell you communication is key. Like it's the number one big point. If it's not the number one point, generally a counselor would say it's in the top three, right? Like it's a big deal. Loving words are important. And it's not just for marriage. Of course, it's important in marriage. It's important with your kids. It's important in your work, students, at school, wherever. And this isn't just coming from me. No, no, no. This is how important our words are is actually talked about in the Bible in a few different places. So let's start with this piece of scripture this morning, okay? In fact, this piece of scripture is so important. I'm going to read it once, and then we're all going to say it out loud. Are y'all ready to be one of those responsive reading type of churches? Y'all ready for this? Nudge your neighbor and say, get ready. Preacher wants us to talk, talk out loud. Tell them. Get them, get them ready, okay? Because we don't generally do this. But here we go. I'm going to say it, and then y'all are going to say it with me, okay? Here we go. Your tongue has the power of life and death. All right. Now it's you with me. Here we go. Your tongue has the power of life and death. One more time. Your tongue has the power of life and death. Now, think about that for a minute. Think about what's being communicated here. It's kind of crazy when you stop to think about it. Something this little has the power of life and death. In fact, I want to do something. I want to do something fun. Just kind of out there. So everybody just, just go along with it here. But here's what I want you to do, okay? I want you to stick your tongue out, okay? Everybody, everybody do that. And I'm going to find out who the cool kids are because the cool kids don't care what anybody else thinks, right? So stick out your tongue. Everybody stick out, stick out your tongue, okay? And now cross your eyes and look at it, all right? Look at it. Can you believe something that powerful is that little? Now keep your tongue out. Keep your tongue out. 
Keep your tongue out. And I want you to turn to your neighbor with your tongue, and I want you to grab their tongue and say, be nice. Okay, no, I'm just teasing. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. Some of y'all really did that, didn't you? Some of y'all like, preacher said so. All right. Listen, here's why it's important. Sometimes we forget, we forget just how powerful our words can be. And chances are, every one of us can think of one of those profound moments that we had in life where the words that somebody said either brought us up or brought us down. But here's something important to remember. This is why this goes so well with the series that we're in. Because those words that we speak, really it shows what's happening inside our hearts. Okay, our words communicate our feelings. Have you ever been in those situations where somebody said something and you're like, whoa, where'd that come from, right? Like where they said something that was a little biting, a little dig, a little too much, went a little over the line. And you're like, where in the world? Do you know where that came from? This is why it's important to think about this. It comes from inside. This is actually, our words are heart issues. It shows what's in our heart. This is why it's in this series. In fact, Jesus, Jesus taught this principle in Matthew 12. He just says this. He says, your words show what is in your hearts. So the words we choose, when you get down to it, it has everything to do with love because what's in your heart comes out of your mouth. So here's where I want to go with our time today. I want to give you some practical things that we can do that will make a difference in learning to love like Jesus through the words that we speak, okay? And to get us into this topic, I want to go to the book of James, okay? James is in the back of the Bible. Uh, we've been in 1st, 2nd, 3rd John the past couple of weeks. We've been uh, looking through the disciple and talking through the one that is recorded that Jesus loved, the book of John says this about him. But today we're going to go to Jesus' brother James, okay? And James, the book of James is so great because it's so practical, okay? If you want to know what it, what it means to live out your faith, to be a disciple of Christ, read the book of James, okay? He gives us like step by step, this is what it looks like. This is what it means to be a Christ follower. It's very practical. And in this, in the book of James, in the third chapter, he's going to talk about our words. He's going to talk about... Our tongues. And that's where we're going to start. James 3, chapter 3, verse 1. He says this. He says, Dear brothers and sisters, not many of you should become teachers in the church. For we who teach are going to be judged more strictly. Indeed, we all make many mistakes. For if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and we could control ourselves in every other way. So let me, let me start here. As we start this chapter, let me bring this up. That first verse, when it says, those who teach will be judged more strictly. I take that very seriously. You know, this is a sobering thought. As I stand up here week by week to teach in front of this church, that one day the words that I choose will be judged. Like, I, I want to give in a good account. And it, that's intense. And you know what? It should be. The message of the gospel of Christ is very important. It should be held to a high standard. But you know what else? It's not just me. It's not just me. It's all of us. I believe that we're all accountable to God according to our level of influence. Every single one of y'all have influence over somebody, right? You do. Whether that's in your family, whether that's with your spouse or with your children or with volunteers or at work or with students or with friendships, wherever. 
What do the words say about your love? What are you communicating to those people? Do you use loving words? It's very important. So let's look at our message notes, some practical advice from James. And I think what he does here is he lays something out very simple, very simple for us, but something we need to be reminded of. Number one, we need to choose honest words. If you have your message notes, let's go ahead and fill in some blanks. If you uh, pick them up in the back, if you don't, uh, you can just use the Ridge app. And everybody online, man, we're so glad that you're with us. Uh, We know a lot of people are traveling today, so thanks for tuning in. And uh, you can follow along on the Ridge app as well. But James is going to start chapter 3 out with his big idea of being honest, okay? But there's more to it. When we speak, what we do is we got to speak the truth. We're honest about what we're saying. James, think about this. He's saying that those who teach are going to be held account, are going to have to give account for the words that they use, right? So he looks at the people in his church. Now, this is a church that he's in charge of in Jerusalem. Now, when you think about the book of Acts and everybody that came to know Christ and all the believers, thousands of people come to know Jesus. Thousands of people are starting this church. And James is the leader of this church, so he's training people. He's bringing people up. like He's putting them into small groups, and he's organizing missions and all these types of different ministries that are happening. And at this point in James 3, he looks at some of the people, and he says, you know what, but some of you probably shouldn't be teachers. Okay? just honest some of you maybe not and he speaks some hard truth but he's honest with what he's saying and sometimes that kind of this is kind of hard for me because i don't i don't like awkward situations a whole lot but this is something i need to be reminded of is to be honest and truthful In everything that we say. You know who was great about this? Jesus was great at this. Jesus was a great example. Story after story in the Gospels, there were moments where Jesus would have conversations with people and he would be truthful about it. So much so that, you know, sometimes you read it and you're like, whoo, I don't know that I could have said that. I don't know if I would have put it that way. In fact, John chapter 4, if you remember the woman at the well, Jesus met this woman. and, And basically he calls her out. And he points out, that she was promiscuous, right? And this was an awkward exchange, but, however, and here's the key, and this is what I want to land on right here. When it comes to the honesty in our words, we have to, we have to speak honest words in love. We have to be loving when we do so. This is what Jesus was so great at, and a good example of this is John chapter 4 with this woman at the well, because she didn't leave. She stayed. She listened. She took it all in, and it ends up that she actually put her faith in Jesus because of what he said. Jesus was so great at being lovingly honest with the words that he chose to people. You know, Paul, the Apostle Paul, he takes this thought, and he kind of expounds on this to the church in Ephesus, and he says this. He says, we're going to speak. When we speak, we're going to speak the truth, but here's what we're going to do. Church, church in Ephesus, Church is going to be reading these letters. We're going to speak the truth, but when we do so, we're going to speak it in love. Because then this shows that we're growing every way more and more like Jesus. Because this is what Jesus did. This shows that we're maturing in our faith. 
Paul realizes, he's like, listen, you got to have truth, but you got to have love, and you got to marry those two things together, right? Because if you have all truth but no love, then what you're doing is a lot of times you just, your words are like a hammer and you just beat people down. And this is why the church has such a hard time communicating sometimes with people because all we want to do is, is speak the truth and you need to hear the truth. And, you know, we just kind of beat people down with what we believe. And there's no loving words behind it. And you've been in those situations. I've been in those situations where what they're saying may be true, but how they're saying it doesn't make anyone want to be a part of it. So, you can speak all truth, but no love, and still show that you're not very mature in your faith. But on the other side of things, you know what you can do? You can speak all love, but no truth. And also show that you're not very mature in your faith. Because then that's just flattery. Right? And we never get anywhere. So I think a good place for us to start, and y'all, as a church... With everything that's going on in the United Methodist Church and the conversations we're going to have to have, we're going to speak some truth, but here's the key. We're going to do it. We're going to do it in love. I'm going to speak some truth to you about what I believe, but I'm going to do it. I hope you can hear the love in my voice when I do it. And if we're going to be known for something here at the Ridge, it's how we love each other. So, being honest is key. We've got to choose honest words, but we've got to be loving when we do so. Now, for the next point, let's go back to the book of James. He continues saying that our words, man, our words set the course, set the direction for our lives, okay? It sets the destination for where we're heading, okay? So here's how he puts it in verse 4. He says, a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. And in the same way, the tongue is such a small thing that makes grand speeches, but a tiny spark, but a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. And the tongue is a flame of fire. Now, we're going to talk about this spark that comes from our tongue. But let's start. Let's start our conversation with the direction of your words. Okay, and this whole boat analogy that he gives. I, I, remember, I remember the first time I ever went on a cruise. It was my senior year. And I remember how excited we were. We were all going to go off and you know, we, we, we pulled up to this boat um, that was just on the dock by itself. Like, it was just one boat. And it, and it was huge. And it was just the biggest boat I'd ever seen before in my life. It looked like a mountain. And people were, you know, when I tell people this story, they were like, well, was it Carnival? I was like, no. Was it Royal Caribbean? I was like, no. And they said, was it Princess? And I was like, no. I said, it was the Regent Rainbow, which should have been my, which should have told me a little something, right? The Regent Rainbow. We didn't realize that this boat that we were on, how small it actually was until we docked in the Bahamas and we pulled up next to the Royal Caribbeans and we saw how big those boats were. And our boat looked like Gilligan's little boat that we were on a three-hour tour, right? We all were walking off going, oh my gosh, who booked the Regent Rainbow? Anyway, when... When you're on these boats, it's crazy to think of what these boats come with nowadays, with the slides on the outside and the rock walls and the swimming pools and the ice skating rinks and everything. And to think how big these things are, and yet they're controlled by such a little portion in the back. It's crazy to think about. James says, you know what? In the same way, your tongue, okay, the words you speak have an enormous impact. Even the smallest words can have a huge impact on the direction your life is moving. So 
So that leads me to point number two. Realizing that your tongue can direct your relationship. Choose number two, choose careful words. You've got to choose careful words. Now, for this point, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to focus on the negative just, just for a little bit. Next point is going to be positive, but I, I want you to be careful with the words that you choose because of the harmful side that a spark can do. I remember at our last home, Shannon and I woke up in the middle of the night, and um, our neighbor's house across the street was on fire, and he was standing outside. He was watching the smoke billow up. The fire trucks were there. I run outside, and I saw one fire truck was shooting water into the home, setting out the fire, and then another fire truck was shooting water into the trees beside it. And I asked him, I said, why are you spraying the trees? The trees weren't on fire. And he said, because it only takes one spark. It only takes a spark. So we might as well. And you know what, that guy, I don't know if he even realized this, but man, this is, that's scriptural, right? This is what James is saying, that it only takes a small word, just sometimes our tongues, to light this enormous blaze that just takes over. Let me give you two examples of times that we need to be extremely careful with our words, where a spark can become a wildfire. One is anger. Now, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, because we're going to break this down next week a little bit. But Ephesians says this, don't get so angry that you sin, and don't give the devil a chance. Now, let's start here. Anger isn't the problem. Okay, anger is an emotion. Anger is given to us by God. Anger was created, right? God got angry. Jesus got angry, right? It's not anger that's the problem. It's what we do in our anger, right? So we've got to be careful and not let our anger take control sometimes. Because sometimes it feels like in our anger we're just in this battle. And you know what? A battlefield is a good example to use when we get angry. And the words that we choose. Because sometimes what some of us do with our words is that when we're in a battle with somebody, we sulk and we just hold it all in. And it's like we're digging a, a foxhole and we're just waiting for the right time to strike. Others of us, we just make little ammunition dumps. We're like, we're, we're storing up anger and we're storing up those hurtful words in our lives so that when the, when the time is right, I'm going to go and I'm going to grab my words, but when I do, I'm going to grab a grenade, right? And then some of us, man, we, when it comes to those fights that we have, we just pull out the big guns and we just unload everything. We just start yelling. And when this happens, the anger always exceeds the offense. And the sad thing is, is that when we let anger get in control of our conversations and our words, no one wins. And those battles... There's usually collateral damage, too. Spills out of our lives and into the lives of those around us. And you know what? When those battles happen, Scripture reminds us that nobody wins. The only one that wins is Satan, because that's what he wants. So that's why it says, in your anger, do not sin, and don't give Satan that foothold. So we got to be careful. Careful with the words we choose. Now, here's another one. When I was thinking about this, I was like, this is, so, this is so important here, but the, the other one that we got to be careful with is gossip. Gossip. Now, let me tell you why I bring this up. Because when I was growing up in church, I didn't really think that gossip was all that bad. I mean, there are worse sins to talk about, right? There are big ones out there that need all of our attention. Why in the world will we talk about gossip? But you know what? This is no little sin. In fact, let me read this verse. It comes from Romans chapter 1, starting in verse 29. 
And in this verse, what Paul does is kind of breaks down how much God hates sin in general. And then he starts naming some sins. Like he starts naming those big ones that, 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 that separate us in our relationship with God. And he says this. He says, their lives become full of every kind of wickedness and sin. So here comes a list. He's like, here, here's the list of wickedness and sin. He starts with greed. And we know this is a big one. We've seen people get greedy. We've seen it ruin people's lives. That, that shouldn't be. And hate. We know hate's a big one. No-brainer. God is love. We shouldn't hate. Okay, so that's a big one. Envy. Murder. I mean, murder's huge. Like, it doesn't get any bigger than murder, right? But then he keeps going. He goes fighting, lying, and bitterness. And nobody wants to be around someone that's always fighting or somebody that's lying, right? So we get that. And then he ends, he ends with gossip gossip and this just sticks out to me when i read that word in light of all those other words there he goes on to say in the next verse i don't have that for the screens but in the next verse he says those who do these things well they prove that they're not close to god so what this tells me this list here this this tells me that this is not just a little sin but it's actually a bigger deal than we give it credit for sometimes and i definitely know that it's not loving like Jesus when we use those types of words. I've seen the power of gossip. You have too. I've seen it destroy people. I've seen it destroy churches. So be careful. Be careful. Be careful with the words you use. It's like a spark. And we could give more examples, but these just kind of get us, get our conversation going. Anger, gossip are just two of the ways that it can get out of hand pretty quickly. Let's finish this out. Verse 8. Verse 8, James says this, no one can tame the tongue, right? It's a restless and evil, it's full of deadly poison. Sometimes it praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. And so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. Does a spring of water bowl out both fresh water and bitter water? James is like, listen, when it comes to the words we choose, it's crazy to think. Like on Sunday mornings, we praise God, and then on Monday mornings, we hurt his people with what we say. Like this does not make sense. How in the same, how can the same mouth produce both good and such bad? James is like, listen, this, this is a choice that we have to make. Okay, and it's your choice whether you want what's said to be salty or fresh. Salt water, fresh water. So point number three, let's end on a positive note. Point number three, let's choose affirming words. Choose words of affirmation. Okay, I like the way Paul puts this in Ephesus. He says, when you talk, do not say harmful things, but say what people need. Words that will help other people become stronger. Now, what if, what if each day, what if before we, what if we just took the time to really kind of think about what we're going to say and whether or not I'm going to communicate the love of Jesus and the words that I'm going to use, is it going to make this person stronger? Like What I'm about to say, where I'm about to go with my, the direction of my conversation, is this going to help the conversation? Is this going to make that person stronger? Because you know what? You have the ability with your words to help change someone's life or to set a life in a new direction. You know, just like we said, the spark can do a world of damage. You know what? A spark can actually, when it's in the home and in the fireplace, it actually do a world of good. 
It can bring the warmth and comfort that's needed. Think of those small words that have made such an impact on your life that lit a fire in you. It made something alive, you know, inside of you come alive. You know, I think about the two simple words of I do at a wedding. And those two simple words light a spark in a marriage. The word yes that came from people to help start this church so long ago that lit that fire for this new ministry. Do you know that God actually, God actually started creation with just a few small words. He created the whole universe with his words. And I believe that his words in you have that same power in the lives of people around you. You can create new things. You can create a new direction in the life of the people around you. So with all that being said, you know what? Speak the words of potential when it comes to children child who doesn't feel like they're worth much can be changed by a few small words that come from a parent or from a church parent. Speak powerful words of love to your spouse, not just on Valentine's Day, but every day. Right? You want your relationship to change? Send your words in that direction. Be affirming. Speak words of care and concern. You have no idea what other people are going through in this room. We have no idea what everybody, we all know that everybody has a struggle in life, but we're not always aware of what it is. We have to speak words of care and concern for those people around us. And when we do it, it it lights that spark that keeps them warm and can bring healing. Speak words of salvation. Saying the right words to somebody that doesn't know who God is, that doesn't know that he has a son that loves them, that was sent to die for them, that can, that can give them a new life, a changed life, an eternal life. And then my favorite, if I'm being honest, speak words that bring laughter. Just one smile can change everything. This is why I love sharing my jokes with y'all, right? And y'all love my jokes, right? In fact, somebody just gave me a dad joke button this morning check this out anytime i want a joke all i got to do is hit that button so you know what get ready next sunday okay next sunday more jokes coming your way speak words of laughter man you know you know how much negativity we hear in the world around us you know it says you need five positives for every one negative but man i'm telling you what just one positive word of laughter man that changes everything especially for me you see James would tell us, man, you want to light somebody's life on fire? You you want to send them in a new direction? Send your words that way. Send your words ahead of them. Speak it into existence. But again, James would tell us, you know what? That's your choice. That's your choice. Every day you get the choice to love like Jesus through your words. Are your words going to be salty or are they going to be fresh? So when it comes to the words we choose, be lovingly honest. Be careful in those tough situations. We all face them. Careful with what you say. And then choose to give words of affirmation. Choose to make people stronger. I think that's what it means to love like Jesus. Let's pray together. God, God, would you just help us with our words this week? You know, instead of us trying to control so much of what we say and how we say it, God, maybe we just need to give that control over to you to trust you to guide our conversation. God, we ask for your help. We ask for your strength to use the right words at the right time. To be honest, but to do so, God, in a loving way that we can express our truth, but man, people know that we love them, that we care.
Guide us, God, as we carefully choose those words when things get tough. Help us in our anger. And then, God, help us to think of ways to build up and not to tear down. We ask for your help because we know that you love us. And we know that you're with us, that you want what's best for us in our relationships. So, God, just be with us, we pray. And help us to love as you have loved us. In Jesus' name, we pray these things. Amen and amen.